Well, hello and welcome to the Wednesday Word, the Desert Spring United Methodist Church podcast coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada. My name is Julie Hart. I am the Director of Connectional Ministries here at Desert Spring, and I have a returning guest and a first-time guest here uh, in our Okay, it's really a Zoom studio today because we have a sick dog and a sick kid, but we're able to gather together and um, have a conversation. So I'm very excited about that. So uh, first, uh, let's introduce Katie. If you can introduce yourself, Katie uh, is a returning podcast guest and probably uh, a very one of our very regular listeners, uh, and she has a lot of involvement here at the church. So Katie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm a mom of three kids. I'm also a Sunday school teacher and I help lead a mops group. So, yeah. And tell us the ages of your three kids. Uh, I have a 10 year old, a seven year old and a six year old. And one and one is homesick today. So, (laughs) yes. All right. Okay. Well, welcome, Katie. And um, Shannon, tell us about yourself. Well, I'm also a mother of three, except all of mine are in their 30s, and I have um, two granddaughters, and we've been members of the church for less than a year, but we just, from the very first time we walked through the door, we knew that it was the place for us, and we have no intention of going anywhere else. That is awesome. That is wonderful. And if you all uh, don't know, if you go to Desert Spring and you're looking uh, for Shannon on a Sunday morning, look for the lady in the fabulous hat, right? <laughs> probably have found her. Unless it's Easter and everyone's wearing hats. But yes. uh, well, I'm really excited to have you both here uh, today. We have just, yesterday was the first Sunday of Advent, so we are going into a short Advent season this year. Some years are longer than others. This is a a short season for us, and yesterday was, uh, we lit the candle of hope, and I know, Katie, you and your kiddos lit the candle at the eight o'clock service. Shannon was actually originally going to, but could not because of her sick, sick dog, um, but I was, uh, I, I love that we start the season focused on hope. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a joyful season, but it's also a hectic season. And so I think it's, it's a good thing for us to kind of start with, um, kind of thinking about that hope. Um, and so what I'd like to do is start by reading. We're going to read what is, I'm going to read what, what we say is the candle is lit. And this is the first purple candle that is lit on the Advent wreath. Well, Katie, how did your kids like being involved in that first? Let me ask you, since you got to like that yesterday. They liked it. Um, my oldest, the 10-year-old, she got to read. And then the six-year-old helped me light the candle. And my seven-year-old, once we got on stage, he's like, yeah, I'm not sure about this, mom. There's so many people staring at me. So, but they seem to enjoy it. So that's good. I think it's fun when we can have kids involved because if we were to ask them what it means to hope or what do they hope for this Advent season, I, their answers are probably going to be a little bit different. So without asking them, having them there, what would you say uh, if we said, what do you hope for this Christmas? What, what would your kids be saying this year? 
They would probably tell you what they want from Santa, which is like a Barbie doll house, a bike, a skateboard, and then a bunch of other random things that they want. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's natural for kids. What their hope yeah. for for this season is is they hope to have those those presents under the tree. Um, so it's a little bit different than than what we might uh, answer. So uh, it's it's a good conversation, I think, for all ages. So mm-hmm. uh, when the candle is lit, the first thing that is said is Christians around the world began this day to await the advent of Christ. We light candles during this season symbols of our faith, and signs of God's love. As we light the first Advent candle, let it stand for hope based not on wishful thinking, but on deep conviction. We believe, we have seen, we have received the promise of the great gift. And so in the midst of darkness and imperfection, we hope. We gather joyfully and with deep commitment, for we know the child will come that God is to be among us and there will be a new creation on earth. We are a people of hope. We light the candle of hope. So how, what would you say hope means to, to you two? How do you define hope? Not just in the season of Advent, both in the season that we're in right now, what do you hope for, but also what does hope mean to you? For me, hope is sort of the light at the end of the tunnel, to use a metaphor, it's, you know what you want, and that's your hope. But there's there are things that go into that, and things that God makes happen, and God does, and things that you do. And those things in conjunction come together and take you forward to to that light. I love that you say the light at the end of the tunnel. That's a that's a good p- picture also for this, especially mm-hmm. our lighting that candle. That is a big part of that. The light gets brighter with each candle that we that we light. And and sometimes just that little glimmer of light that we can look towards and and move towards is sometimes all we have. So Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really good. What about for you, Katie? What does hope mean for you? For me, it means I just hope that when we interact with other people, like as in my family and I, I just hope other people see the kindness from us because I'm trying to teach my kids mm. to do good, like always have water bottles in our water in our car, so that way we can hand them out to the homeless or. Um, making sure we let people take their shopping carts back for them. If they're like out and about, we are like, oh, can we take your shopping cart for you and put it away? And I always just try and teach my kids, let's go do good things because with everything going on in the world, people need that hope to just know that there are good people in the world right now. And I think that's really great because that's being that little light. And maybe that is the only light people see in a day is that kindness that, and, and, and that little kindness of just returning a card or, or, or doing a small thing is it it does give hope to others. So I think, I thank you for sharing that, you know, uh, desert spring, that's hope as a part of our culture. That's one of, that's one of our values that we have um, of our five values 
And Pastor David is always saying, you know, we believe that our best days are yet to come. And, you know, it it's that value of hope um, because we've seen some dark days. We've seen some hard days. Certainly, you know, I know we're all tired of talking about COVID, but there was a dark time when people were like, we're not sure where that, how far away that light is that we all get to come out again or, you know, resume those things or pick up those things that, that we love and, and want to be a part of and being part of each other's lives. And so, um, that, that hope, uh, when what was supposed to be a couple weeks turned into many weeks and then many months and, you know, that, how is it that, how is it that you maintain that hope within you when there's a time when it's hard to see, the light at the end of the tunnel, when it's hard to know how far away that light is, how is it maybe during COVID or another difficult time that you, you could hold on to that hope? I think that you have to, even before you pray about it, gather your, yourself, your thoughts, stand back and look at the situation and see what exactly your hope is. Are you hoping for this? Are you hoping for that? And then take that to God and converse and just let your heart out about it. And because hope is a very strong, strong thing and we lose it. We just really lose hope far too easily and so you have to to be able to act upon something and to be able to do something you have to understand it first you can't just take a part of the puzzle you look at you have to look at the whole thing and all of the aspects and all of the smaller bits of hope that you're hoping for in it. Yeah. I think it's interesting you talking about gathering your thoughts before taking it to God. I'm I'm a writer, I'm a journaler, I process by yes. putting things on paper. And I I guess I do that, but I never thought of it as that's what I was doing. But I, I think that's an interesting point to kind of take a look at the picture and and put your thoughts together before taking it to God. I think that's yeah. Yes. Yes, because we, uh, by doing that, you know, you don't really know what you're asking God to help you with if you don't, for me, I do the same thing. I'm very, very, um, it has to be tangible to me. And I have to be able to touch it mm-hmm. and see it. And so when I do that, it does help guide me to go to God and just say, I have, I have really thought about this and this is where I want to go with this. Mm -hmm. How can you help me? Mm -hmm. And will you help me? What about for you, Katie? For me, it's looking at the positive things. I go over the list of things I'm grateful for and try and find the positives in those difficult situations and be like, okay, well, even though it's not turning out the way I want, it could be this way and be like much worse. So I try and see the positives. 
I think that's great. That's that, that gratitude. I think hope begets hope. I think when we get into that mindset of, of seeing that, you know, um, the ways that God shows up, not, not often, not in the way that we, um, had wished for versus the hope. Right. I think that's, I think that's a a great way and the ability to re to reframe things. And, and I think reframing comes from being able to have that gratitude in our hearts. So, you know, I think during, um, like during COVID when things were so uncertain and we were just confused and like, how do we, how do we even do our jobs? I found it, it was really helpful to be around other hopeful people, you know, like sometimes your own hope. I actually was pretty hopeful during, during COVID. Like that was a time that I was kind of excited about things to try and whatever. But I, I think that, um, being in proximity of other people who have that hope can kind of carry us at different, at different times as well. Even when we feel like maybe we've lost hope in a, in a situation. Um, how do you feel about that? Can, can other people's hope kind of carry you through sometimes? Well, I was going to say, um, I had already been in a situation where I had, uh, lost part of my eyesight and I can no longer drive. And that happened just a few years before COVID. So I had a dry run there. I knew what it was like to not be able to leave the house when I wanted and the way that I wanted. And so it gave me the opportunity. And for me, as someone that just naturally wants to teach things, it it gave me the the ability to have a lot of hope by telling other people and to help other people in how to cope with being home alone yeah yeah you yeah i remember you sharing that that you kind of had already gone through that isolation you'd already kind of mm-hmm dealt with that before the rest of us did. And so, yeah, that you were, you'd already put some, some things in place, right. That, that were working. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and was doing things here at home that I continue um, to do. And so that I just, you learn along the way and I felt that it was very, very helpful and beneficial for me and just the way that I am and my personality to to just give hope to others that you can do this. You can stay home. It's okay. Um, You just have to adjust. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. When we read um, that we light candles during this season, symbols of our faith and signs of God's love, how do you see this Advent wreath as um, and the lighting as symbols of our faith and signs of God's love? I, it all comes back to light, doesn't it? That's a very, very powerful symbol, and it's a. Uh, a powerful symbol that is often repeated in the scriptures. I mean, who did the Magi follow or what did the Magi follow? A light. Right. And that took them 
to Jesus. And so lighting that that candle and all the candles, it's light is such a tangible, real symbol and something that you can experience that we all understand, no matter who you are, no matter where, uh, what language you speak, there are just certain things. And so light is something everyone understands. I agreed. And I think um, I used to have, um, her name was Sister Karen, and um, I worked at the Interface Center and whenever you would have a meeting in her office, she would start by lighting the candle. And I, that kind of was brought me peace and also, you know, just was a, a visual reminder that, you know, mm-hmm. Christ is in the space of the spirit is in the space. And, and so I, I, it's a powerful symbol for me, for sure. What about you, Katie? Uh, faith for me just means God is always there. I've had my ups and downs with God of, trials where I just was like super mad at him and then there's been times where I just haven't wanted to believe in him and then he's also helped me through a very dark depression that I went through where he was my only friend that would help me and so I just come to terms with even if I ever fall out of my faith I know I will believe in God no matter what even if I choose to never go to church and read the Bible and pray I will still always believe in him. And so what are the symbols that help you? The symbols that you hold on to of your faith? Is the Advent wreath a powerful one? Is the candle one? Is it, you know, is, is there a particular symbol or a tradition? Well, we've, I've been trying to read the book of Luke mm-hmm. with my kids. And you. that's been somewhat helpful. Although my youngest and I got into a big argument about that the other day. So, a discussion. A discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's, I think even just you, you having your Bible in the house or, and having it or, or your kids seeing you reading that, I think that's a symbol for them. And I think that's, you know, that's hope that they hold on to the, the four candles that we light aside from the Christ candle in the center, we start with hope and we have faith and joy and peace. And, and I think those are such strong and solid symbols, um, in, in our own walks and our own, journeys that we go on. So, um, you know, I think, I think lighting those, and I like the idea of spending a week kind of focused on each one of those things separately. This is like a week to think about hope. And, um, mm-hmm. how, do you have a practice or a way of doing that or your de- devotions, the Advent devotions, or, um, the idea of focusing on one, one thing per week? Yeah. With, for this week, focusing on hope, as you mentioned, we just went through um, a very difficult time with our dog, and but we were hoping that he would do well. We were hoping he would come through it, but we were also we also are realistic and maybe that wasn't going to happen this time hope won out but um i also you have to have you have to have hope because just imagine if 
if you didn't. Imagine just simply being hopeless. Yeah. And there's no hope to guide you and to give you a, a goal. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I think I think the idea of starting and really focusing on hope at the beginning, you know, this is a hard season for a lot of people. Actually, this it is. is don't realize how many people really struggle and suffer during the season for a variety of reasons, uh, their own childhood, whatever that, that might've been the trauma or the experiences that they may have had or their own loneliness. It's a very lonely time. So many people are so lonely right now. And, um, there's just, people are, you know, their family, a lot of people in Las Vegas don't have families nearby. There's so many reasons why this is, this is a lonely time for people and a difficult time for people. And so to start on hope, and I, I like the idea of like, we're going to spend this week thinking about hope and looking for hope. And, you know, and, and, and that's how it goes. If you're, if, if you, if you have a bulldog, you see nothing but people with bulldogs, right? When you're out and about, you don't notice them. Right. So you, you see, you tend to see what you, what you're looking for. And so this is a good week to be looking for that hope. And hopefully we, that builds us, that builds up our banks and kind of carries us through what, what may be a hard season for, for some people. So we talk about this and, and, and we read, let it stand for hope based not on wishful thinking, but on deep conviction. Um, and of course we all there, we all have wishful thinking. We we can all wish for all kinds of things, but what, what does that mean to you that let this hope stand for uh, things that are not wishful thinking, but, but of a deep conviction, what do those words say to you, Shannon? That's a real fine line between hope and wish. That's it's easy to go back and forth on that, but Hope is deeper than wishful thinking. Wishful thinking, to me at least, is more superficial. It's um, and fleeting. Like when you you say something and then brush it off and go, but that's just wishful thinking. Hope is, as I I used the term goal before hope is something that requires more effort it doesn't just happen like a wish does mm. yeah and that hope that deep conviction would say that that re that requires some skin in the game right yes yes absolutely you have to put into it and it's hope is usually that's what you need to categorize as those things that are truly important for you and truly worth fighting for working for as the old saying goes the only way out is through and to me that hope is like that. You have to go through some things to get to the other side. Whereas a wish is, it's just a wish. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's very true. And for what what about for you, Katie? The wishful thinking versus the that that deep conviction. How does that play out for you in in your life? Two years ago, around Thanksgiving time, my grandpa got diagnosed with a stomach cancer. So I know for my family, there was a lot of hoping he would beat stomach cancer. And I know for like my grandma and my dad, it was probably a lot of wishing he never got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and just things along those lines while he was fighting that battle. So. You know, I, yeah, I think you're right. And I think this is a stumbling block for a lot of people in their faith because the things that they had, they had hoped would happen or and prayed had happened. Those prayers were not answered in the ways that they had hoped and wished for. And mm-hmm. so it's, I think that to me, that deep conviction is, yes, of course I want this outcome. This is the outcome that I'm, you know, would love to see happen and if it doesn't, I still have that deep conviction that, you know, God has not forsaken me, that, you know, God is still um, present and a part of my life. And, has, you know, I, I, I think for me, that conviction, it, it, that deep conviction to me says that it had to have been tested, right? So that it's kind of, um, we can't be convicted if we haven't kind of gone through something. Um, and I think that's how our faith mm-hmm. becomes our own. What do you, you agree with that, Shannon? I would. Um, it's like people saying that they are a survivor. I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. Well, you can't be a survivor if you're not a victim first. There has to be that, that there. And so hope always comes from something. And hope is positive, but it comes from something negative that you are hoping doesn't continue, doesn't continue for you or for the rest of the world. When you're thinking of all different kinds of things that need some hope right now. Yeah. Yeah. And there are so many things. And I, I, I it just right now, it seems like so many things. It, it's, you know, there's a lot of um, I, I have a, I just started it yesterday, a worship service at a retirement home, Las Ventanas. Yes. Yesterday was our first one. And so, you know, it was very sweet because they're, you know, some of the people that came, I actually had two kids, a part of the team that, you know, one was a greeter and one played the piano and sang. And, um, and it was sweet because I did ask them, oh, what do you hope for this Christmas? And of course, <laughs> you know, they hope for the Barbie dream house and, and, you know, the rollerblades and all of that. Um, but, you know, in talking to the seniors and what their hopes were so, so very deep. And, and I think the hopes that, that came from many years of living and certainly being on, you know, the end of the, their final season of life, um, their hopes you know, it's, it's just so much of it was just for, for peace and, and it, it, not in the, uh, you know, Miss America, I want peace for the world, you know, just really in just, they are, they are hurt and troubled, um, by where they see 
places that just do, do are not at peace in the world. So, and that's hard because it's you know you don't think of people in a nursing home being distracted from life. You you know they they should be having a a very pleasant time with one another and reminiscing but that's not true they they are looking at situations in the world and it distracts them yeah they're deeply hurt by it they're deeply concerned about it and so yes they they um and and they lift that up in prayer so um, you know, the next part um, after the candle is that when we go on, we say, we believe we have seen, we have received the promise of the great gift um, so that we believe we have seen and we have received. I kind of sat with that a little bit um, this morning, you know, what, what do I believe? What have I seen? And and what have I received in that, in that promise? And, um, you know, um, for me, I think what that means is, you know, I, sometimes I try to be, I try to, I pray a lot and I try to be real faithful mm-hmm. to what I believe that God is saying. And sometimes I'm like, I'm pretty sure you, <laughs> you're confused, God, <laughs> what are you thinking? Um, and so <laughs> I think like what is going on or, or I'm confused. I must be interpreting this wrong. I must be, this message is somehow getting, um, but, but I, I, what I've come to is that what I believe is that if it, if God puts something on my heart that I, that doesn't go and I don't, you know, shake away, um, that that is something for, for me to listen to. I believe that that is God telling me that this is something for me to do. And when I, and when we say we've seen, well, because I have seen, I have seen in the times that I have been obedient to that. And also in the times that I, I knew, but I, I was not obedient. Um, um, and so, and I have received such great promises in those times and, and hard times, really hard times. But when I felt like God was truly guiding me in a certain, certain direction, um, and, and, and going forth with that. Um, and so those words for you, we believe we have seen, and we have received the promise of the great gift. What do those words, um, say to you? What do they speak into your lives? I'll go. Um, so we believe kind of for me goes with, I know I'll always believe in God. Kind of like how I mentioned earlier. And then we have seen, like, God see me through tough times. Like I mentioned, my grandpa got stomach cancer. That was a time when he passed away from it in March. Um, I was done. I was very angry with God. Because he, my grandpa was 83 years old when he died from it. And... I got mad at God for letting my grandpa die in a way, my opinion, that was disrespectful to my grandpa. Because I hold a lot of pride and respect to my grandpa. So for me, that was just a very rude and wrong way to have my grandpa go. And 
God still saw me through it. I forced myself to go to church services and still attend community groups and be a part of the church and just try and hear what God had to say. And this last week, I finally told God, I'm like, I don't know where I'm coming from when I see this, but I, I forgive you. Mm. I feel like I needed to forgive God for being mad at him for <laughs> taking him from me that way. Wow. So wow. he's seen me through that and I still believed in him in a time where I just was like, not wanting to because I'm so mad at him for it so wow first of all thank you for sharing that I I know that was so painful for for you to go through it's very hard to watch people we love suffer and what you said because what I read is the and you read this yesterday we well we we were part of that we believe we have seen we have received the promise of the great gift comma and so in the midst of darkness and imperfection, we hope. And that was that was the rest of that sentence there. And that's what you're speaking to is the rest of that sentence, you know, yeah. in the midst of that darkness and imperfection and, and really the messiness and ugliness that life can bring, still we hope. That's a really, it's a hard and painful, but really beautiful example of, of I think exactly what that, that sentence is, is saying. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I'm glad you could come to a place of of forgiveness too. And it's okay to be mad at God. God can take it. <laughs> yeah. 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 What about for you, Shannon? Um that was that was pretty powerful. Um to me there are just a few things that I really, really, having come through a lot of ugly life and some very desperate situations that were very, very difficult from childhood on, for some reason, God has always given me hope. I know that others do not have that same, have not been given that same gift in the same way I have, but for whatever reason I have. And I learned, it just dawned on me when I was around 12 years old that uh, everything is quantum. I'm a real nerd. So uh, uh, <laughs> uh, this is the way I sum it up. Everything is quantum, meaning there are bad things in life. There really are. They just, but there are good things. And you have to have both. Because if you don't have both, if you don't have bad things that happen in your life or in the world, then the good things have no meaning. You won't recognize it. Everything has to have its equal opposite 
to have definition. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I see bad things, I do, I, I feel drawn to try to do the opposite. And I have since I was very young, since I was probably 12 or, or earlier. Balance things out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's, that's really good. And I think, I think, you know, sometimes the lessons and the hard things, you know, Katie, I don't know if you've heard, if you have heard Pastor David say before, you know, the, the dying of others is it, it, it it's, it's really a lesson for, for those who are not, not so much for the dying, but for those who, who are left behind and for those who are, are there and who are a part of that. And, um, it's, it, it, as hard as it is to certainly see someone suffer, um, you know, the love that, the love that you have and, and that you hold on to that, that, that you can care that deeply about a person truly is, is a beautiful thing. I mean, some people don't really have someone that they even have that much love for in this world, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, um, I hope that this is something that, and I hope it was for your kids too. I'm sure it was very hard for them. They don't understand death in the same way, but to see, mm -hmm. to see you also going through that, you know, um, my, um, my kids are grown. Oh my goodness. My oldest one turns 27 tomorrow. So they're way grown, but they're, they're grown enough that we can have conversations now about their childhood. And, you know, it's kind of funny to, for them to process a childhood through, you know, now I say semi-adult, you know, they're in their twenties, um, eyes. And I, I think that they've, that even at their young ages, they've lived long enough to see that some of those truly, um, difficult, what they would have called the, the darkness, uh, those times of darkness and imperfection is where, is where they did some really, um, great growing in their, in their lives also. And so, um, and that's always your hope, right? As a mom, you hope that they, oh, they learned their lesson from this experience or you hope that. <laughs> You know, that from, from what they are going through that they'll be better humans. I think my hope always as a parent, um, like people would say, oh, what do you hope your kids, you know, grow up to do? I just hope they grow up to be good humans, <laughs> like just be good humans. Um, you know, so I wanted to speak to you for a moment as moms, you know, your hopes that, um, you had and continue to have for your children, because I think in, for God's hope, I mean, thinking about how, how God must hope for us. Um, how do we hope for our children? Like you said that they turn out to be good adults. My son, Lyndon, who's seven last year, it was a struggle bus with us. He kept getting bad behavior after bad behavior report, plenty of meetings with his teacher, the principal school counselor meetings. And uh, there's one time where they're like, he's kind of becoming the bully at school and I remember we were in the car just him and I and his sisters and I was kind of talk yelling at him being like what am I doing wrong just seriously Lyndon tell me what am I doing wrong we're going to church 
I'm teaching you to say please and thank you and use your manners. Like, what are you, what's not coming through to you? Because I feel like I'm doing everything right, but you're just like, nope, you're obviously doing something wrong, mom, because I'm becoming the school bully. Although he's not anymore, but I'm just like, ugh, child. Yeah. So. Yeah. What was his answer? He doesn't know, but surely it was you. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, I don't know, mom. I promise I'll try and do better. And it was funny because he's like, I'm like, Lyndon, I can't wait until you grow up and you have a son and he puts you through the same stuff that you're putting me through. And he's like, oh, mom, trust me, I'm not going to have kids because I don't want to go through this. <laughs> like, I don't want to have to deal with what you're dealing with. I'm like, oh, no. But I hope you have kids. Oh, gosh. So. Yeah. Yeah. What about for you, Shannon? What 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 are your hopes? My hopes for my kids. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Um <clears throat> our kids are we have three and they are I can't say polar ops opposites because that's only two, but three <laughs> Yeah, yeah, our family has three poles. That explains a lot. Um, but they are, they're very, very different. We have two boys and a girl, and our girl is sandwiched in the middle. She has always been the kindest, sweetest person ever. And um, I just, I hope for her that she continues on her current path that she's been on in adulthood to even though she's kind and sweet that she has a backbone she really really does I'm proud of that for her as a young woman and I hope that certainly continues we have another son our oldest, who just plain and simply wants nothing to do with family, with us, our values, none of those things. And I hope for the best for him every day. There is no relationship there, but there's love. Um, We can't enable something that will hurt him because we love him. And then our uh, youngest, um, the same for him. He has a wonderful wife and a wonderful relationship and, and just is doing the things that he wants to do. He was that kid that you can't keep in the house. And so fortunately, He and his wife both have um, forestry degrees, and they don't have to be in the house. Good for them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so um, my hope for, for my children, our children, is just that they know that we love them with all our heart and that we have always conveyed that to them and that they can always be confident in that. Mm, That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think all that we've expressed of what we hope for our children, it 
it really, I think is what, it was God's hopes for us. You know, mm-hmm. I like that you, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but you, you may not be in a relationship, but you still have love. And so that's, um, right. Yeah. You still- yes. We love him. Um, and, um, and we, there again, we use this opportunity to talk to other people we know because this type of thing has every family has that one, you know, and um, there's no shame in it. Mm-mm. It's not, we have come to the realization that it's not something we did or didn't do except raise an independent thinker and yeah sometimes sometimes that bites back but is that free will right right (laughs) yeah yeah but we do love him yeah yeah thank you thank you for that so um I, I have I, I have a que- another question for y'all, but I, I wanted to read the ending of this first. It says, we gather joyfully with deep commitment, for we know the child will come, that God is to be among us, and there will be a new creation on earth. We are a people of hope. And so we light the candle of hope. Um, I love that we, we, joy- we gather joyfully and with deep commitment. Um, and, and, and all this, because we know that, that God is among us. And so, um, when we think about, as we close out this topic of hope, um, a question is who is it that has brought hope into your life and who, who is it maybe this season that you hope to you, that you hope you can shine, um, that light, uh, of hope for someone else for me, um, that has given me hope. You know, honestly, I am so blessed to, um, like you, Katie, to be on staff at, at Desert Spring. The people of the church are, are really quite remarkable. And I still, still so many, I don't even know. I'm still getting to know people. And, um, I just, every story I hear, it just, it really does give me hope. Like it's really, um, has become a part of my faith, uh, getting to know other people. So I think my, um, the people that bring me hope are the people that I get to spend time with. Um, I'm very fortunate um, with that, you know, and of course I, I have a family that I'm very blessed to, to have a part of my kids are, you know, they, they're, they're, well, one's in the middle of the sea somewhere and, and one's across the country. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I feel very grateful to, to have them in their lives in my life. And I think who I hope to, um, I have a new love, as I've mentioned, for kind of this elder, this senior ministry. And so I hope that um, the ways that God is nudging me and, and moving me, I hope that there can be some light that I can bring the people that can can shine some light and, and, and bring some hope and some joy, some joy to them this season. So that's my hope. What about for you, Shannon? Well, you had mentioned who brings you hope and who gives you hope. Yeah, And of course, you know, my wonderful husband and Keith is, he is my hope and he's been my hope for almost 41 years now. Yeah. And 
Um, he has just shown me that that light at the end of the tunnel. And also his parents did as well. Um, my parents were, <laughs> they didn't provide a lot of hope. His parents did. His mother was just oh, the most wonderful person ever. And her guidance for me and her insight was priceless. Mm-hmm. And his father just loved me and I knew it. And it was just such a very, very special bond that we had. And I felt so um, part of a family. And it's, it's wonderful to, to feel so accepted and loved by by your spouse's family. Fortunately, Keith didn't (laughs) really get that part of it, but he does. He gives me hope. He has been through me losing my vision and so many different struggles and has just been what I needed. And he's just always been my hope. Mm, That's wonderful. And who do you hope to bring hope to this season? Keith. Uh, Uh, Yeah. Um, He's starting a new job and um, we are looking forward to retiring in a few years. And we are going to, we're making plans to travel. And so I want to give him the hope that that will all go positively and we can go see things that we've never seen before. That's wonderful. That's something great to, to look forward to. That's wonderful. Well, I, I, I want to thank you both for um, being guests today and uh, for sharing that hope and to get to learn a little bit more about uh, even Katie, who I've known for quite some time to, to be able to also learn uh, more and for you two to meet each other. And so now you have another friend when you, uh, when you uh, uh, see each other in church, for those listening at home, if you, um, uh, Go to the Desert Spring Church website. You can listen to uh, the sermon series. Uh, this week, actually, it was Jerry Maguire who preached on uh, this message of hope. And it was a really good message um, about hope and also kind of preparing preparing the way um, for Christ. So are there any other thoughts on hope before we we pray and we, we send you on with the rest of your day today? I was just going to there again. Um, I have a lot of hope for the Holy Land right now and the things that are are happening there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is 
this is something that the world has seen before and it's 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 mm-hmm. Certainly hard to see it now. And especially when we see so we, you know, the way news is and the way reporting is, we see, we see so much of the pain and, and the hurt in the world right now. So yeah, I certainly hope for peace at this Christmas. Well, I want to thank you both for joining me. Uh, I'm going to close us in prayer and just invite everyone uh, listening. Uh, We will continue on in this Advent series uh, along to faith and joy and peace. And uh, it certainly is our wish that this is a a season of all of those things um, for you this, this Advent season. Gracious, loving God, we come to you, um, a people of hope, uh, and we come to you um, with gratitude for the ways that you have blessed each of our lives and um, for the opportunity to bring us together to share in our stories and to see how you are woven through um, our stories. We thank you for the light uh, that was lit, the, the candle of hope, and we pray for the lights, the candles to be lit in the weeks to come. And that with each candle that is lit this Advent season, that um, your light will be seen brighter in the world. And we pray that we can certainly bring that that hope and that love and that peace and that joy um, that, that you give to us, to others. Be with us as we go about this season and let us certainly spread hope. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.